are tuning in to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. My name is Bree, and you can find me at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. Check out the show notes for more information, including a link to my website. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. Hello, welcome. Namaste. Let's take a moment and let's ground our energy. I invite you to gently close your eyes, take a deep inhalation, allow the breath to escape the body. Perhaps you can plant your hands or your feet or both onto the earth. You can even decide to take easy pose, half lotus or full lotus, allowing your mula bandha, your root lock of energy begin to connect back to the earth or you can lie down fully in shavasana try to do this with your body your hands your feet whatever you've chosen directly on the earth and if that is not possible as your eyes are closed begin to visualize the earth's surface beneath you and breathe allow both hands to place one atop of the other over your heart and take a deep inhalation and exhale Now relax your shoulders, if not already. Allow the body to feel fluid and breathe. In today's episode of Yoga Podcast, we are going to explore the idea of grounding. Some refer to grounding as earthing. And these techniques are used, although not exactly how we're going to discuss it on today's episode, but they're also used in mental health practices. And I've been utilizing this practice as a teacher of yoga, a student of yoga, as well as a teacher who both teaches and practices trauma-informed disciplines. So I completely lean heavily into the idea of grounding. It is very challenging nowadays to ground our energy without intention. So this might be something that you need to really think about and add to your practice of yoga on and off of the mat. As mentioned, grounding is also called earthing, and it is a therapeutic technique that involves doing activities that ground or electrically reconnect you to the earth. Now, this practice relies on earthing science and grounding physics to explain how electrical charges from the earth 
can have positive effects on your body. This type of grounding therapy isn't entirely the same as the technique that is used in mental health treatment. And hopefully if I remember, I'll go back to that toward the end of the episode. Now, what does the science say about grounding? Now, of course, this is an under-researched topic. There are very few scientific studies on the benefits. And as my friend, who's also a doctor of psychotherapy, she likes to say, magic is just science that has not been studied yet and confirmed. However, there are some recent scientific research that have explored grounding for inflammation, cardiovascular disease, muscle damage, chronic pain, and mood. The central theory from one review study is that grounding affects the living matrix, which is the central connector between living cells. Electrical conductivity exists within the matrix that functions as an immune system defense similar to antioxidants. They believe that through grounding, the natural defenses of the body can be restored. In a small study on grounding and heart health, 10 healthy participants were grounded using patches on the palms of their hands and soles of their feet. Blood measurements were taken before and after grounding to determine any changes in red blood cell fluidity, which plays a role in heart health. Now, the results indicated significantly less red blood cell clumping after grounding, which suggests benefits for cardiovascular health. Now, another slightly larger study examined the role of grounding on post-exercise muscle damage. Researchers used both grounding patches and mats and measured creatine, white blood cell count, and pain levels before and after grounding. Blood work indicated that grounding reduced muscle damage and pain in participants. Now, this suggests that grounding may influence healing abilities. Now, this research is supported by a recent study on grounding for pain reduction and mood improvement. 16 massage therapists alternated between periods of grounding and no grounding. Before grounding therapy, physical emotional stress and pain were common side effects of their physically demanding jobs. After the earthing therapy, pain, stress, depression, and fatigue were all reduced among participants. Now, most of the studies on grounding are small and rely somewhat on subjective measures such as self-reported feelings, mood, and even self-administered treatment. However, some studies also rely on blood markers such as those that detect inflammation, but the size and shortage of these studies suggest that more research is needed. Now, the types of grounding or earthing depends. They tend to focus on reconnecting yourself to the earth. So this can be done through either direct or indirect contact with the earth, similar to the beginning of the episode where we could utilize visualization of ourselves 
grounding to the earth, which we'll talk about a little bit more. Now, one of the easiest and most influential ways, in my opinion, of grounding or earthing is to walk barefoot. And us yogis all understand the concept of being barefoot. Not only are there many nerve centers in the bottoms of the feet that connect back to the nerves in the body, the chakras, the endocrine system, there are many different disciplines from Chinese medicine to Ayurveda that believe that a lot of disease can be prevented or proactively addressed by massaging the feet or even soaking the feet in different types of herbs or in this case, earthing. So being outside and connecting your feet directly into the soil of the earth or into the magnetic field of the earth, which means walking on sidewalks, dirt, grass, you name it. So that's the number one thing to do is actually allowing your skin to touch the natural ground. Lying on the ground. So increasing your skin to earth contact by literally lying down on the ground. You can do this in the park or on the sand at the beach or in any other capacity that you see fit. Submerging in water. So I love this option because you can do this in your shower or bathtub, especially if you're doing it with intention, which I don't know if I've talked about in great detail yet on Yoga Podcasts, but I definitely have discussed it in my online classes with Yoni Healing and other healing methodologies such as utilizing ritual baths, which is a way of sort of baptizing yourself, healing yourself, giving yourself a new and renewal of energy. So this is another way to ground yourself. Now, rather that is swimming in the ocean, which would be amazing for those of you who can do so, or enjoying lakes, even pools, and as mentioned, bathtubs. You can also ground your energy when you're drinking water. Again, allowing yourself to visualize the body receiving that water and taking the nutrients of that water, nourishing yourself just like you're a plant being watered. And then, of course, walking in the rain would be another great option. There are also alternatives such as using grounding equipment. Now, I'm all about grounding mats or sheets and blankets. I don't know if you've ever used a weighted blanket before, but it is really grounding. You can also use socks, bands, and patches. So this is definitely an option if you, for some reason, cannot make your way outdoors or you're trying to help someone heal, especially when I work with those who have suffered from trauma and have severe PTSD, leaving their house could actually be a problem for them. So utilizing grounding techniques indoors, some that I mentioned, the drinking of the water, submerging in a very grounding bath, or using grounding blankets, weighted blankets, and things of that nature. So all of that is really, really important. Now, although there's not much research, it doesn't mean that that it isn't true. A lot of the time when I think about earthing and grounding, 
and research development in these areas, I realized that this was for many, many moons normal, just a part of everyday living. It's like breathing in oxygen and drinking water. It was something that we did instinctively, similar to squatting. It's very recently that the body doesn't recognize or it takes a while to get the body back comfortable with squatting. Squatting to eat, play, cook, wash clothes, and of course, use the bathroom. So I like to think of grounding as the same. It is very recent that we started wearing stilettos and very padded running shoes and not connecting the soles of our feet to the earth. Our feet actually will build really tough calluses that many of us go and get pedicures to remove. When I was a runner and I used to like to run marathons and ultra running and all of that, Having calluses was something that you wanted because it would help you to recover much easier than feet that didn't. So when your toenails started turning purple and falling off, it made you feel prideful, (laughs) like you were really, you know, born to run, so to speak. So that is what I think about when I think about the idea of grounding and earthing. Now, Some people who have studied, as I mentioned previously, which I will link these studies in the show notes if you want to dig much deeper into it, but the studies show that chronic fatigue, chronic pain, anxiety and depression, sleep disorder, cardiovascular disease, and as I mentioned, mood under anxiety and depression have all been alleviated through grounding, possibly even this would be a proactive measure. So something that if you're doing mindfully daily, along with other mindful practices that you're already doing, rather it's five to 20 minutes of meditation or and or pratyama practices, asana practices, and now grounding. Now, what I like to do, which I do not always get the opportunity to do, but whenever I can, I do, is daily practice that encompasses all of this. You know, taking moments to meditate while grounding. So if you get a chance to do that with the earth, going outdoors, standing in mountain pose, feet planted into the earth or all on all four, toes tucked in or in easy pose or lying down in Shavasana while focusing on breath and meditating with the mind or doing a mindful practice by staring up at the moon, for instance, or watching a bird are all good ways to incorporate all of these practices together. I have to apologize. I am recording outdoors and as you can hear, an emergency service unit is going by. So perfect timing, right? Because every time I hear those, my heart flutters a little bit because it's customary for me to send out positive thoughts and prayers anytime I hear or see an emergency vehicle go by. So just want to take a moment and send out love and light to whoever seeking care. <sighs> All right. So That is one way to be able to encompass all of these practices together so that you're not needing to 
I think be consciously aware of what you're doing. This could become more of a subconscious or unconscious connection back to consciousness. And then begin your asana practice. Another way to ground is to do asana without a mat just on the lawn or in the sand. And so if this is a possibility for you or even on the sidewalk or something of that nature, then that would be another good option. Grounding under under the sun or under the moon, under a tree, even on your mat is another way to ground your energy. So I think all of those are really, really important. Now, some people say that there are risks in grounding. And I think that if you're utilizing any of the grounding techniques that are not natural or in nature, such as grounding mats or grounding blankets or anything that's utilizing wires and electrical um, mechanisms, then of course you want to be mindful. You do not want to (laughs) take those into water or anywhere that they do not belong. So just be super mindful of what you're utilizing to ground your energy. Always go with nature whenever possible. And practicing barefoot, walking barefoot, practicing visualization, imagining yourself as a tree. These are all really, really grounding. And for someone who's worked with those who have suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder and someone who is in recovery many years now from having severe PTSD, I can tell you firsthand that visualization is a really beneficial way to begin grounding your energy. But I do want to talk about some other really neat ways that you can consider grounding. You can wear very grounding colors. Brown, green are very grounding. They remind you of the earth. You know, different variations of brown, whether that's tan, taupe, you know, you get the picture. The spectrums of earth colors, green, blue, blue representing the sky, representing water. All of that can be very uplifting and grounding. So I like to intentionally wear colors whenever I need to ground my energy. So if I know that I'm going to have a very stressful day, maybe I'm meeting with a lot of clients or I have to work on doing something that is innately not grounding, I will try to ground my energy with what I wear, the colors I wear. My entire office is actually green. So the walls are green. I have plants in my office. I am very, very much wanting to ground my energy in that space. Partly because a big part of my job is very... um, deadline oriented. It could be high energy. It could be high stress if I allow it to be. And then my home is very much filled with the color blue and green. So I have a lot of plants again. I also have a lot of neutral colors and I have a lot of stone, granite, wood, and blue. So it feels very earthy It feels like water, feels like sky, and it makes me very, very happy. I feel very grounded. I feel like I'm in an oasis, whether I'm at work 
or I'm at home. So I was very intentional with my design and my decor in both spaces. And then, of course, at the yoga studio with wood floors, there's that very close feeling to being in the nature of the earth. And that in itself is also very grounding. So all of that makes me feel like I am settled. And that's very important for my energy and all that I'm doing throughout my day. So it allows me, I've noticed, to go for many, many hours working on a task diligently, as well as moving in between tasks without feeling anxiety. Also, as I mentioned, focusing on what I'm wearing, the colors I'm wearing, maybe aligning those colors with the chakras, and then not to mention the food that you eat. If you need to ground your energy, picking very grounding foods like root foods, such as sweet potatoes or regular potatoes, things that grow from the earth, things that you need to pluck out of the earth, things that you need to take from a vine or a tree. I like to eat an apple a day if I can because it feels very grounding to me. And then the same can be true if you need energy, if you need to do the opposite of grounding your energy, if you need more air energy, um, you need to be a little bit more um, going with the flow, bringing in that water energy. So connecting yourself back to the elements and being really intentional is really important depending on what's going on in your life. If you need to be really creative, Picking a water color like blue to wear or picking um, an air type energy, you know, if you need to light an incense, if you need to put a feather in your hair, if you need to um, think of your favorite bird and try to connect to those colors, that can all really connect you back to your creativity. If you need to find yourself Um, focusing on love. Maybe you have a lot of worry. You have um, some pain. You're feeling fear or you're feeling even more negative energy like hate. Wear red. Well, (laughs) red could also stir up some passion. So just depending where that red takes you. Wear pink or lighter colors of red like coral, orange, Um, But see what those colors make you feel like. For some, red and orange can make them feel like fire. And for others, it can completely remind them of love and um, hope. So yellow. Yellow can bring us to that feeling of sunshine and brightness and wanting to smile. So try to be intentional with your energy and where it is that you want it to go because remembering that energy is an exchange it we don't get new energy we actually just exchange energy so we can muster up energy by taking energy from another source or we can leave energy behind or we can Pick up negative energy or pick up loving and happy energy. So always thinking about that exchange. If you're around people who have low energy, it could bring your energy down or you could actually bring their energy up, but then it becomes a numbers game. Being surrounded by 20 people in a funeral crying, it's probably going to make you think about the time in your life 
where you felt that way versus you making them feel happy and optimistic and full of hope, right? So um, all of that, I think, is really important when we're thinking about not only grounding our energy, but why we're trying to do so. If it's just general proactive maintenance, perfect. You can do that by literally grounding your energy barefoot or visualizing. But if you are far from feeling grounded, then you might need to really employ all of the above for days on end until you are subconsciously no longer thinking about it because it's natural to you. So think about all that I mentioned today, especially if this is a topic that you really resonate with. There are many, many ways that you can continue to explore earthing and grounding from food to environment to people to what you do for a living to where you send your energy on hobbies and you can even draw and paint, you know, landscape scenarios that could be very grounding, listening and watching movies and documentaries. Sometimes I just like to watch the Planet Channel because that's very grounding. Um, the list goes on. So I hope this was a fun intro to grounding and earthing and it gets you thinking because that is exactly what the point and the purpose of the podcast is. <sighs> With all of that, I feel so much more grounded. <laughs> Please do go in peace. Namaste. I am so honored that you are listening to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. Never miss an episode. Download the free app on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Please also rate the show with five stars. I would greatly appreciate that. Visit me on my website at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. I include free yoga sequences every single month. You can leave a comment or message me and we can connect. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful personal practice. Namaste.